Financial support for this podcast comes from Bo's Restaurant, located at 2304 Thomas Drive in beautiful Panama City Beach, Florida. Bo's is open from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Saturday and offers some of the best food in the Florida Panhandle. For takeout orders and more information, give them a call at 850-775-1828. Also, from our friends at KL Skaggs Heating and Air, LLC, the next time you are in need of an HVAC repair, please consider giving them your business. Christian-owned and operated and above and beyond service any time of the day. Call them anytime at 850-238-5414. There are many sports podcasts out there, but only this one is right on. Welcome in, everybody, to the Ride On Sports Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Kyle Wright. Here, as always, with my co-host, Marcus Wisner. How you doing down there, Marcus? I'm doing phenomenal, Kyle. How are you doing? Ah, man, just another day in paradise up here. The weather's cold, The, the but, you know, it's been decent. It's not raining every day like it was last week. It's uh, it's actually been a nice week. I'm not I'm not too mad about it being in the 50s and being sunny. That's That's like my favorite weather. Right, right. I mean, everything's ideal. Uh, big, big, big week in the sports world. Uh, so much that we are not going to be able to hit this all on this episode, or this episode will be about two hours long. So um, I guess this would be a, as good a time as any to let everybody know. I think I think we're going to be going back to two episodes a week. Yeah, surprisingly with the offseason, well, for both of our teams, the offseason, but uh, the offseason coming to a, here, here soon with football, but there's a lot going on, and I like it. Yeah, no, this has been a uh, big, big sports, uh, big, big sports week. So much we're not even going to be able to, like, like I said, we're not going to be able to hit everything in this episode. Uh, we're not going to be able to talk about Alabama's dominant national championship victory. Just Devontae Smith being a god, like, a, I don't even want to say a man among boys. He's like a man among, among toddlers mm-hmm. out there playing, and he's the smallest player on the field. But I honestly, I mean, just another debate. Like, is he the best college football receiver of all time? And you don't, you don't want to say that because you want to look at everybody. But, dude, I mean, his the awards that he's won, the statistics, everything just backs it up. And then right when you think, oh well, most of his catches are uh, mainline screens and explosive plays, he makes that toe tap on the sideline catch. That's just, I mean. Yeah, he's Dude. he's absolutely he's absolutely dominant. It's uh, I was actually talking to a buddy of mine last night or the other night when we were after the game, and I said, "Is Devontae Smith possibly the greatest college football wide receiver we've ever seen, or at least in recent memory?" I mean, for gotta be right. You got your. I mean, he's the last wide receiver to win a Heisman since Desmond Howard, but Desmond right. Howard played offense, defense, and special teams. That was you know he. He didn't play. He played. He was a returner, and he was a dominant returner. And uh, then he was just an absolute dominant wide receiver. And I think it was one of those things where the committee was like, "Well, you know, if you know if X played all games, they would win." And it's like, "Okay, well, who played all their games and who was dominant?" Devontae Smith. But I think at the end of the day, the committee made the right decision with the highest for him because he was just. Let's talk about. The second best team, according to college football, the national championship, Ohio State, and he had was over 200 yards and three touchdowns in the first half. <laughs> yeah, and they didn't really play at all in the second half. So that's going to be on our next episode, along with another topic about uh, 
about college football and a big topic about baseball that we're not going to be able to hit on because a big conversation about um, banning shifts is has been sparked and baseball is actually exploring this option about banning shifts and you and I both hate it. So that'll be on next week's episode too. I'm going to see about getting our baseball guy Dennis back on for that episode. But, um, so look, be looking for that. That being said, we kind of went off on a tangent there, but we'll be back next week. Uh, Mondays and Thursdays, we're back on two episodes a week. We're, we'll also put a, um, put a social media post up about that as well. Um, right. So I gotta, I gotta do something real quick because as you heard in our intro, uh, everything is wrong now. Thank you, Chris, for constantly changing everything at Bo's restaurant. Um, I love you. I love you so much, dude. I'm gonna tell you though. I went there today. Food was fantastic. So I, I could throw shade at Chris all I want, but the dude definitely knows what he's doing in that kitchen. Ah, it's not real shade though. Uh, but I got to re-record my intro. If you guys are wondering what the hell I'm talking about, we have to re-record our intro now because Bose is now, um, they changed their hours again from 10. They're now open from 10 AM to 8 PM. They are no longer doing breakfast. Um, it's just, you know, you got to support his decision. I I'm going to miss the biscuits and gravy, but he just, uh, it wasn't the business wasn't there as far as as far as doing breakfast. I mean, once you guys, if you guys know anything about the restaurant industry, you have to make the money to cover labor and food costs. Yeah, and dude. you have to be you have to be pretty busy consistently to do that. So, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't there for breakfast. So no more breakfast at Bo's. Sad face. Hope he doesn't get mad at me for putting that much information out there. <laughs> if he does, I'm sure he'll get over it eventually. Love you, Chris. But 10, to, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m., new hours at Bose. Hopefully next week we'll have the new intro updated. Marcus, tell everybody where they can find us on social media. You can find us on our social media, facebook.com backslash right on sports podcast. Um, Twitter and Instagram at right on sports. Uh, every, every time we make a post on Facebook, we will make sure to add the Instagram and Twitter uh, links to it as well and i know nobody's followed because the no- i have gotten zero notifications for it so please <laughs> yeah at least tw- i i've got actually i take that back we've gotten a couple from instagram but twitter i a hundred percent know it's not because the only ones following it are me and you <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there man but you know um Twitter's not something that's really blowing up especially uh you know here recently and by the way no we don't have a parlor account either um <laughs> and right and right and right on sports also does not have an OnlyFans, so don't ask. No, we don't have an OnlyFans, and this is I promise you, this is not the OnlyFans that you would want to watch. Um, but uh some more cool news. Um kind of kind of cool. So when I started this podcast back back in May, or when I when we started the idea of doing this, I had the vision of having three voices on here and it was one other specific voice that i wanted to be our third but i, I can't keep on waiting on him we, we can't keep uh, you, you know who you are i i know regularly um i, I wanted him pretty much I, I wanted uh that guy to be our third but um he didn't leave his other job so he's not going to be our third person so uh that being said i guess i'll go back to what i was saying another tangent not doing good tonight not doing very good maybe this the new studios uh, going to take, but um, I had the vision of having three because you think about good sports shows, you think about good three voices. The best segments always include three people, and it's also good to have um, 
it's good to have a third person just in case if Marcus has to miss an episode, I don't have to do it on my own. If I have to miss, Marcus doesn't have to do it on his own. We don't have to scramble to find we'll have two people at the minimum on every episode. And so uh, that being said, interviews are underway. We're looking for a third member. If you're interested in on that here um, in the next week or so. so, we're excited about that. So let's get into our sports topic. Man, I have been getting blown up on Facebook about this whole, all of this stuff. Because this isn't just little bullcrap rumors that you pull up on Facebook where that are like by uh, NFL rumors transactions dot net backslash. And, it, and this story was picked up by ESPN, Fox Sports. Every major sports uh, platform has picked this story up. It's out of Houston. And he is willing to accept the trade to Miami for Tua Tagovailoa. Now, I've had people in my timeline on Facebook commenting on my posts. How do you feel about this? I'm going to save my reaction. But first, I want to go to you, Marcus. Um how much sense would that trade make for both sides? Well, so here's the thing. And I kind of try to break this down as far as like, if I was in Miami's position, who would I rather have? So with Deshaun Watson, obviously, you know, year after year, you know, one of the pros that he's shown is that he's, he's dominated the league. He, he has, even after he came back from his ACL injury, <laughs> he did, he did very well. Um, with even with the uh, mediocre, mediocre supporting class, both on offense and defense, excluding a couple players like Clowney, you know, JJ Watt and DeAndre Hopkins, he hasn't really had anything. Terrible coaching, terrible running game, terrible offensive line. You know what I mean? Um, right. Many people consider him as a top ten quarterback. Uh, matter of fact, you know, to add to his accolade, he actually he finished number one in the NFL with the most passing yards last year. That could probably have been the fact that their team sucked, so he had to throw the ball a lot. That's okay, right? One of the downsides that Miami is going to have to have to consider at some point is the fact that his contract extension, his new contract starts in 2022. That's $40.4 million against the cap. Um, when that time hits, as of right now, obviously you got players like Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, and others who have to sign extensions. Right now with the projection, he will be the third highest among quarterbacks in 2022. Um and you got you got to hope for if you if you're Miami wanting to pay him that much, you got to hope too. His injury history doesn't reappear. Now Miami's offensive line was ranked 28th right. in the in the NFL last year. <laughs> Ironically, one below Dallas, which had basically third th- or third string starter starting. I just want to throw that out there. You know, we didn't. We didn't. By the way, we had pretty much a healthy offensive line you just about the whole offensive. season until like the end. Yeah, yeah. You had a healthy offensive line. We had third and fourth string starters. We had guys that were, you know, you know, working at Costco down the street that were basically our, our offensive linemen. Um, oh, I so, could have walked on for Dallas. Yeah. So, but it it's one of those things too. He gets forty point four million twenty twenty two, forty two point four in twenty twenty three. After the tw- the twenty three season, he can opt out of his contract, which could be favorable for you guys because if he likes what he's doing, quarterbacks usually restructure their deals, make it long term. Everybody's happy, but after that, it does go down here. After that, in twenty four, thirty seven point four, thirty two million flat, twenty five. He's a U- he's a UFA at thirty years old in twenty twenty six. 
30 years old at a quarterback like that, that's still prime condition. You know what I mean? No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so with, with, with Tua, he's got that rookie deal. I mean, rookie deals, it's one of those things where teams will drag a rookie quarterback contract as long as they possibly can because they know if they're good, they got to pay him $30, $40 million a year. Yeah, you know? Um, yeah, no, absolutely. The the problem with him, though, is uh, there's been teammates of his that have voiced that they don't feel confident in him starting. They don't not confident in him as a starter next year. A lot, there's teammates that feel that Ryan Fitzpatrick is still better than him. And if you're the guy that is, you know, was the prized possession of Alabama, had a bunch of success at Alabama, and then you come to the NFL and you know you play eight games and on the eight pace, your 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 numbers are projected 18th in yards, 19th in touchdowns, and tied for 13th among starters or interceptions. That's a problem. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I I think that the I think the decision is, is if you're Miami. Go for it. Make the trade for Deshaun Watson. Do it. Okay. Well, do it now. I, I just I think that I think that by doing that, you know, it's one of those things where it it brings my, Miami has a larger appeal. The you know, wide receivers, offensive linemen, running backs, you know, skill set position players will be attracted to playing with a quarterback who is dominant. Look what Tampa Bay did with Tom Brady. Tom, Tom Brady was 40, you know, 43 years old and they brought in just talent. You know, Gronk came out of retirement to come play with them. They, they got Leonard Fournette. They drafted, they drafted an offensive tackle, Tristan Wirfs in the first round, which I don't even think at the entire time that Jameis was there, they even drafted an offensive tackle. You know what I mean? Not at all. And they and they're and it's just it's flourishing. It's it's doing, they're doing great. So that will help them succeed. And you want to talk about a home run hit? You get Deshaun Watson, and in their third overall pick, you get Devontae Smith. I mean, what more do you want, Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So th- that that's pretty much my reaction to this. Um, here's your answer, guys. Everybody that's been asking me, everybody that's uh, been blowing my phone up. If Miami has the chance to trade Tua, uh, not both of their first-round picks this year, but they give Houston their pick back, the third overall pick, and give Tua to them. And, or even, I don't know, give them the 18th pick, keep the third pick. I'm sure you would probably have to send them more. Um, other, I, You can't send them both the picks. I think they need to probably keep the top five pick. But anyway, if they have the chance to do that, do I think they should do it? Absolutely, I I think they should do it. It's no questions asked. Okay, so what the, the number one concern is contract. Miami is still way under the salary cap right now. Miami mm. still has a lot of cap space. Like they have so much room for free agents this offseason. Now they're not like where they were last year. They're not sitting there at like 80, 90 million like they were last year, but they're they're still looking pretty. They they're nowhere near the um nowhere near the um the salary cap right now they're nowhere near being penalized so if you if that's your number one concern then screw that you you got to go get this guy this dude's a generational freaking talent this guy last year with will fuller as his number one wide receiver no shade at will fuller but that dude's a number three on most teams in the nfl with will fuller as his number one wide receiver last year 4800 yards 33 touchdowns seven picks the year before that, he goes. Th- he throws for thirty eight hundred yards. He missed the start, 
but he threw for 3,800 yards. The year before that, full 16-game season, he throws for 4,100 yards. This dude has won playoff games, right? This dude has more playoff wins than anybody else in his division, any other quarterback in his division. I mean, other than Ryan Tannehill, I guess. But, I mean, so if your drawback is money, screw that. You go get this guy. If your drawback is injuries – Dude, you're talking about Tua freaking Tagovailoa. This guy came off a an injury that ends most people's careers, which, by the way, looked like it was still bothering him last year with his hip injury. So if your main drawback is the injury problem that Deshaun Watson had with two ACLs, it obviously did not bother him at all this year. He played in all 16 games, played in 15 games last year. And I think the only reason he only played in 15 last year is because they clinched their division and uh, they were they couldn't get any better. So they he sat out in week 17. And he played a full season in 2018. He hasn't missed like an actual game in three years. The dude's, the dude's a consistent quarterback. He's not – I mean, he throws interceptions, but who doesn't? Uh, the guy can make plays with his feet. The the guy makes Will Fuller look like a number one wide receiver. Imagine what he could do with a tight end like Mike Gesicki. Imagine what he could do with speed weapons like Albert Wilson coming back next year, like Len Bowden Jr. You go, you get him a receiver like Allen Robinson in free agency, or you keep that third pick and draft Devontae Smith. Dude, my, if Miami can pull this trigger, there is absolutely no reason not to and then you talk about the locker room like the locker room doesn't believe in Tua so like this team went 10 and 6 this year and I listened to this uh, earlier so I'm gonna um, I don't remember who it was so I'm gonna plagiarize somebody here but it was one of the best takes I heard on this situation to these players were not confident in Tua over under Ryan Fitzpatrick last year. They wanted Ryan Fitzpatrick to play and they mentally checked out when Fitzpatrick got COVID. They they basically a lot of starters went out there and they knew they didn't have a chance against Buffalo. They knew it because the guy that they wanted, the guy that gives them the best chance to win was not going to play. Now Tua went 6 and 3 in his nine starts this year, but his two losses two of his three losses were to teams that didn't make the playoffs at all. Uh, well, I'm sorry, no. Two of his three losses were to good playoff teams, but his other loss was to the Denver Broncos. Um, Tua only had one game this year that made me believe that he is a good player, and really that was the second half of the Chiefs game. Uh, he balled out in that game. I mean, there's no other way around it. Tua balled out in that game. He looked really good. But I, I just I don't get it, man. If the players don't believe in him, and you have this golden opportunity to go out and get – in my opinion, a top five quarterback in the NFL right now. Why the hell not? Uh, yeah, um, it absolutely makes sense. It's it's one of those things where uh, some franchises are thinking five years ahead, and some want to think, you know, what the the season that's in front of them. And with Deshaun Watson, you could think five years ahead, and you could think right now. I don't know if the Miami organization feels that they can feel that five years ahead or right now with Tua. I, I don't. I, it, but that also makes and you wonder if they get rid of him now, who is under most scrutiny for drafting him fifth overall? Because well, you could have I mean, drafted you could have drafted Justin Herbert and you wouldn't have any of these problems. You could have, but let's be honest. Nobody nobody knew Herbert was going to be as good as he is. No nobody it actually, as a matter of fact, nobody did. I mean, you and I talked about it on this podcast. We kind of we when we talked about Tua versus Burrow in like our second episode ever. We we just like disregarded that guy. We didn't even talk about Justin Herbert because he's coming out of freaking Oregon. What's he gonna do in the NFL? 
little did we know he'd be like the best rookie quarterback that we've probably, I mean, is it safe to say ever seen? Is that like one of the best rookie seasons that a quarterback's ever had? I think he, I mean, he broke, he, he, sh- I think he broke the uh, touchdown record by week 13. So there's that. <laughs> That's incredible. And he had his team in most of the games with, with a depleted roster, just a completely ripped apart roster. He had his team in like every single game. It's funny you mentioned that too. The Chargers hat were in pro football focus rated the Chargers offensive line dead last. <laughs> with, and there you go. What the worst offensive line in the league and the kid balled out this year. Um, so, I mean, missing out on Herbert doesn't make me upset. Like I, if I could go back, even not, I mean, obviously knowing what I know now, I would draft Herbert. But if they had to do it again, I, I mean, I would expect them to take two of every single time. You, I mean, you could always do. You could always just draft Mac Jones, and you could just have this Alabama co- competition and call it a day. Yeah. See, that, there's there's that too, and that that's kind of like you think about like why Tua was so good at Alabama. So look what Jalen Waddle did this year. Look what Devontae Smith did this year. I know yeah. Jalen Waddle got hurt about midway through the season, but the People forget that Devontae Smith is the second best wide receiver on Alabama. <laughs> like right. Jalen Waddle was unbelievable. Um, I want to before we go to our next topic, I want to hit this real quick because uh we kind of are going through a lot of time. Um okay. well, the just, Dolphins at twenty twenty one right now, the Dolphins have thirty two million dollars in cap. Um so if you trade to a tag of Viola, if you trade him, you drop down to twenty four point two million dollars. Um, just some notable players I, you could kind of debate as far as who you want to, you know, cut, keep, cut, keep, or trade. Um, you got Kyle Van Noy that if you trade him, you gain 9.7 million. You got Devontae Parker, you can get rid of that's about three million dollars. Trade Parker, keep Van Noy. Uh, you've got Emmanuel Ogba, seven and a half million. Bobby gotta McCain, got it. Okay, you can get rid of McCain. You got uh, You got to keep Ogba. There's there's a few guys on here that you could get rid of to kind of like counterbalance that. Uh, I know that Tua won't be traded after June 1st, but if for some reason they decide, hey, we're going to trade him June 1st, you actually don't lose any money. You actually gain $2 million in cap space for doing it. So there you go. So that's there's not going to happen. Though. That's not going to happen. They're going to want to draft pick plus Tua, you know what I mean? So that's kind of blank. Kick, kick, kick the bucket on that. Yeah, and that, that trade would definitely be before the draft. Oh, yeah, 100%. All right, so – um. So let's move on. I'm glad we got to get that in. Uh, so there's everybody's answer on how I feel about that. All right. So the next big thing we want to talk about here, um, James Harden has officially been traded to the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, the trade details are pretty scattered out, included like uh, Levert I've got, going I've through. got everything. Yeah. All right, so, go, yeah. I'll just I'll pass ahead. it on to you. Go ahead. All right. So Brooklyn obviously gets James Harden. Um, and that's it. So, yep. That's it. <laughs> uh, Houston Rockets get uh, – Dante Exum, Victor Oladipo, Karuks. I hate butchering the name, but you know when you have a last name like that, it is what it is. Uh, three of Brooklyn, name, guy. three of Brooklyn's first rounders. It didn't specify the years from what I saw. Um, and then uh, first rounder for Milwaukee, and then four first round swap, or first round picks are swapped with Brooklyn. So that's a lot. Um, the Pacers get Karis Levert and a second rounder. And the Cavs get Jared Allen and uh, is it Terrain Prince? Yeah, I don't know why the Cavs were involved in this at all. They're like, we need a third person, someone who has cap space that we can throw anybody to. And they're like, Cavs are like, what's up? Yeah, yeah, we'll play. Yeah, like, what do you what do you need us to do? We just need you to take two of these players. People forget that we're a franchise because LeBron's not here, so might as well be involved. (laughs) 
um, I guess uh, my question for you, uh, who wins and why? Uh, you know, <laughs> th- there really isn't a winner with this trade right now, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I guess the, the easy answer would be Brooklyn, right? Because you're going to get uh, another just superstar. I mean, no disrespect to James. I, I actually, you know what? Screw that. Total disrespect to James Harden this year. What a what a bitch. And I, I, I mean, I hope, I don't know. It, dude, I've lost so much respect for James Harden this year because he didn't want to be there. That's cool. All right. That's cool. You don't want to be somewhere, but you can't come in out of shape. You can't come in and what did he say last night after they lost that game? He's just like, nah, we suck. This roster's horrible. Yeah, basically, yeah, basically, he doesn't want to be part of the organization with stuff like this, or you know, that's rebuilding. And he kind of, you know, he's like, that's that's not my mentality. What a shitty attitude. Hey, I, I mean, as far as the competitor goes. I mean, I kind of get that point. It's like, look, like I don't want to be a part of a rebuilding well, team. I want to be yeah. somewhere to compete. But at the end but of the day, you can't man. come out and say that. Not as a superstar. LeBron yeah. got criticized for arguing with Dan Gilbert one time back on his first contract ever there, and it, people crucify LeBron for leaving and going to a new place. But never once did LeBron has LeBron ever pulled any bullcrap like this. And I don't know, but I know it's off on a tangent. Back to back to the. The question at hand, uh, the easy answer is Brooklyn. They get uh, Harden and KD back together. And, uh, as, as, I mean, if they can be good teammates, that's going to be a dangerous, dangerous team. The wild card is Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that, man. And I mean uh, the wild card. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, if, what the hell? If, if he if his some mental health issues, I hope that he gets everything checked that he needs to. Probably won't be self admit. It'll probably be teammates and maybe the commissioner stepping in and saying, "Look, uh, you're going to take this time because I feel like you need to get something done." But I don't think he's going to do anything himself because uh, it is just. I mean, it went to he's complaining that about his coach being Steve Nash, not not you know that's not who he wanted. Which it's which, like I mean, by the way, you're disrespecting one of the best point guards to ever play the game. Uh, I don't understand. I mean, it. I don't. I mean, Steve Nash hasn't done anything. You know, it's, it's not like uh, it's not like Steve Nash disrespected when you know when he played together. You know, when they played in the NBA. Right. Um, I don't. I don't get it. I don't get get the the, the move in that. Um, he had to. He got, he got to play ball dominant. You know, the year that Kevin Durant was out, and uh, look what happened there. I don't even think they made the playoffs. I mean, I just hope that this opens people's eyes to show people that. Um... That maybe it wasn't LeBron's fault in Cleveland. Like maybe Kyrie has always been like this. He hasn't. He didn't make it work in Cleveland by himself. He couldn't make it work in Boston. And now you look at it now. He can't make it work in Brooklyn with probably one of the most talented rosters because people don't even remember that they still have Spencer Dinwiddie out there. I mean that that and uh, who else did they have? Joe Harris is that the guy's name? Yeah, he's gonna be a star. However, their starting center is Jeff Green. So good luck with that. Yeah, good luck with that. But I mean. They still have a – oh, boy, you got to quit doing that with your mic. Oh, my bad, man. <laughs> that's I'm, crazy I'm, how that little swipe there just does so much. Yeah, that's my fault. I was just – Oh, no, you're good, you're good. My, yeah. But it shows um, everybody that we do this live, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, that's going to be – it's going to be – if they can make the make those work, uh, that's going to be dangerous. Um, Short-term answer for me, Brooklyn. Long-term answer, Houston. Um, Houston yeah, that's that's the best way to put it. 
just for people who don't know, uh, uh, James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving are all all three are in the top ten on active active players with on ball percentage. Uh, when you combine those three, they combine for a ninety point one four percent on on ball percentage. However, if you account for all their stats, you combine them for their points per game and everything. Eighty-one of the three together, eighty-one point eight points per game, twenty-two point three assists per game, and eighteen point two rebounds per game. So, on one hand, you got you got somebody who won't give up the ball. On the other hand, when they have the ball, they're pretty successful. So, I mean, hey, Steve Nash can make a work coach of the year, in my opinion. No, Honestly. yeah, absolutely, yeah. I just, um, I don't know how this team's gonna mesh, man. I don't. Um... Yeah, like this isn't said, like short, uh, short Brooklyn. This is not like the other big threes that we're used to seeing. Like you know, the big three in, in San Antonio, uh, the big three in Boston, the big three no. in Miami. This, this is nothing is, near that. No, this is no. This is like a big two and a quarter right now. It, and the only reason that Harden's considered big is because he's fat and out of shape, like me. Yeah, he looks like uh, Tuesday night softball players. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's fair. That, that's a good take. <laughs> Oh man, um, just just crazy, man. I mean, I hope Kyrie gets it figured out, but it doesn't seem like he's going to. Um, kind of like on what Stephen A. Smith said: if you're going to do this, if you're going to completely ignore your coach, completely ignore your teammates, and shut yourself part of the social world like he is, like still yeah. participating in stuff and like it, making it obvious that he's avoiding them, dude. You signed a contract for like $30 million, $40 million, something in that range. You got to answer your damn phone. And if you're not going to, you need to retire and give that money back because you're not doing anybody any favors. No, I agree. I agree. And if he's not going to do it, they need to just get rid of his contract. They need to trade him. But don't do him any favors. Don't trade him to Miami. Don't trade him to the Lakers, the Clippers, a contender. Trade his ass to like Charlotte. Trade his ass to Cleveland again. Send him back to the Cavs. Send him somewhere where he can go and think about being a piece of garbage. Send him to Houston. <laughs> yeah, should have sent him to Houston. Yeah, oh my goodness. That uh, uh, I don't. I don't even know. Or what's the what's the franchise we can make fun of now? It can't be the Timberwolves anymore because uh, I mean, on paper they seem pretty decent. I guess it's the Cavs. Yeah, I mean, they're about three or four games below 500, but the Timberwolves are okay. I mean, they they have a good roster. They're starting to play a little bit better. Yeah, um, I don't know. <laughs> what's the joke? Probably. What's the joke now? I mean, oh, the oh, you know, across the street to the Knicks. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Send him to the Knicks. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't want to sign with the Knicks. Make him play for the Knicks after all. <laughs> Nobody wants to go there. Nobody wants to be a Nick. Man. All right. So. Uh, all right, so let's move on to, from that to our final conversation here and make some picks for the NFL's divisional round. See, I did it. I did yeah, it. Yeah, actually, uh, we did pretty good uh, last weekend. Um, I think uh, I went – there was 16, 16 overall picks that we did, right? Or 16, like we did the over, the over-under and then the team, right? Yeah, so there were 12 picks uh, yeah. total because there were six games. Six, okay. Um, so I went – well, no, there was – we had uh, the – Oh, we also know. had the Alabama game, so fourteen yeah. total. Fourteen so total. 14, yeah. So I went. Um, I think it was ten and four, and you went nine and five. Okay, so we both did pretty good. Yeah. So not bad. There, you know, the couple picks that we had, it was like okay, like, it, like for for instance, the uh, 
the Buffalo game, the the, the you pushed on it. It was fifty one even. And I picked the under. You picked the over. <laughs> I mean, it was like it was exactly fifty one. Yeah. So wild, dude. We we yeah. were talking about that. Like just how accurate Vegas was last week. I so, mean, crazy, crazy accurate. Got to keep that in mind when we're making these picks. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and start with the the first one here. Uh, right. This so is the first the, game on Saturday, right? Uh, yes. First game Saturday is going to be uh, the Los Angeles Rams at the Green Bay Packers. Um, All right. The, so what's the, the Packers, over under here? The Packers have a seven point favorite okay. uh, right now. The over under is 46 and a half. Man, this is. Um... So do you want me to start? Yes. All right. So you got Jared Goff still questionable. You got Aaron Donald questionable now. Mm-hmm. Uh, all signs are pointing to both of them playing. From what I've uh, from what I've been able to read, I don't think that the other quarterback's going to play. The dude left the stadium in an ambulance last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's definitely going to be Goff. Uh, that being said, I still got to take Green Bay. Uh, this offense is just so much more efficient, so much better. Um, man, Devontae Adams is probably your offensive player of the year. Aaron Rodgers is no doubt the MVP. Uh, they draft his replacement in the first round, then he throws 46 touchdowns and like four picks this year. Uh, you want to talk about the ultimate disrespect? Like, okay, you're going to do yeah. that? All right, got it. What, cool. What he, what he did is he's like, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to go to freaking Chicago next year and kick your ass. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> – I, I can see it happening, dude. I bet he does it. It's kind of like what Favre did. He oh, went to Minnesota and kicked Green Bay's ass. Like goes this. to goes to Detroit. It wins a division. <laughs> oh. <laughs> if he can win the, if he can, okay, he, he might be the goat if he can go to Detroit and win the division. It's like, look, Tom. I I get you won six Super Bowls, but you ain't ever yeah. went to Detroit. It got them into the playoffs as a number one seed. Okay, let's be let's be real. Yeah, that, that's like <laughs> next level proving yourself. That's. <laughs> Um, but I'm going to over under 46 and a half. I'm going to, I'm going to take the over with all the question marks and everything. Uh, but like you said, before we started recording the whole, the Jalen Ramsey, Devontae Adams matchup is going to be fun to watch. Oh yeah. Actually, I'm sorry. I did this live. Uh, they actually dropped the over under to 45, 45 and a half. They dropped it down to 45 and a half. Okay. So there you go. I'm taking the over still. Yeah, I'm taking the over and I'm taking the Packers 100%, especially since it's supposed to be 32 degrees and uh, you're going to see some light snow too. So, uh, LA boys, have fun at that because <laughs> Aaron Rodgers threw five touchdowns in the snow the other day. Yeah. Or four touchdowns. <laughs> so, have fun with that, man. Yeah, uh, good luck. As I mentioned, the, my favorite matchup to watch in this is uh, Demonte Adams versus uh, Jalen Ramsey. Um, you also mentioned too. The last receiver to put over 100 yards on Ramsey was uh, Hopkins back in 2018, right? You said 2018 yeah. or 2017? Yeah. 2018. 18. 18. Uh, that's phenomenal. That's absolutely phenomenal. And I think that not only does Devontae Adams do that, I think he will get oh, about 110 yards and two touchdowns on Jalen on Jalen Ramsey. Everybody has a bad game. You just don't want it to be in the playoffs like this. But we'll see. We'll see, man. It's going to be fun to watch for sure. Yep. All right. So uh, next game Saturday. That is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New Orleans Saints. So both uh, NFC games are Saturday. Yes. Oh, that's weird. No Sunday. I'm I'm sorry. I read that wrong. The a the, on Saturday night is Baltimore at Buffalo. Ooh. <laughs> What's the okay? So the spread here is it's, razor thin, right? It is uh two and a half. 
for in if favor they were the Buffalo. Buffalo, and then um, the over under is fifty. Oh, okay. So you, you want to you go first on this one? All right. Um, man, this is hard. Uh, you know the the predictor. I was just looking at the matchup predictor. It's like fifty one forty nine. So it's it's close. Um, I I'm a I'm gonna go ahead and tell you right now. I I I still think it's gonna be Buffalo. I think Buffalo's gonna take this away. I I think they're gonna win. I think it's gonna be a very close game. I think even with the spread, I think this game's probably gonna be uh maybe a six points. They're gonna I think they're gonna win by six. I'm taking the over as well. Fifty with uh two high powered offenses, one that is ride or die by the run game, and the other one with probably the most I mean, one of the top electrifying quarterbacks in this league in Josh Allen. Yeah, you know, when we were making our uh when we were talking about the teams at the beginning of the year, we uh we talked about the deep ball threat with dig like uh, that Josh Allen was the best deep ball passer in the NFL and he was getting the best deep ball receiver in the NFL. And how like true has that become it's with those been, two together? Yeah. And these are two opposite offenses, like I mentioned. The Ravens are one of the best rushing def- or rushing offenses and the Bills are one of the best, you know, deep ball passing offenses in the league. It's it's crazy. It's crazy how off off like opposites they are, but how successful these two teams are. Um, I just think again, um, this is not this is not Tennessee. Uh, this is Buffalo. Buffalo does have a better defense than Tennessee does. I, I my personal opinion. Um, I think that with the shootout like this, uh, Baltimore is going to be forced to throw the ball. And as we saw when Lamar had to try to throw. It didn't work very well in the playoffs, but it's good. He's going to have to do it this game. He's going to have to. Yeah. Because uh, if you if you give any if you give Josh any type of leverage or, or any opportunity, Miami knows. Yeah. No. Yeah. Absolutely. He, he. This is not Cleveland. They don't take the gas. They don't take the foot off off the gas pedal. They will hold that foot on that gas pedal and drop it, drop the gear, and disappear. They will just continue to put points up on you. All right. So my turn. All yeah, right, go ahead. Um, the big question mark going into this game is Baltimore secondary. How do they handle the pass game? How can they handle the deep ball threat? They did a great job last week uh, keeping Derrick Henry at bay and keeping Ryan Tannehill under uh, under pressure. Uh, Tannehill was still able to make him pay, but they they were just able to. I mean, they they only held, let him score one touchdown. Like and Derrick Henry, I guess he just forgot there was a game or something. I don't know what happened there. He just he didn't look himself. He didn't look uh he didn't look comfortable running. Um, I think they got in his head early and it showed. Um, yeah. But the thirty second ranked rush defense in the NFL, the absolute worst rush defense in the NFL belongs to the Buffalo Bills, and the number one rushing offense in the NFL belongs to Baltimore. I made the prediction last week that Baltimore would run for 250 yards on Tennessee's defense, which is slightly better uh, against the run than than Buffalo, and they went for 238. So they were a little bit under what I predicted, but they were still in the like low 200s, mid 200s. Yeah, that's I'm going to make though. that. I'm making that same prediction this week. 250 rushing yards. Uh, J.K. Dobbins will be the superstar. And Baltimore wins on the road. Okay. Are you picking the over or under? Oh man, go I'm going way over. 
I'm definitely yeah, I, thinking this is going to be like a 30. Yeah, I don't, that's a very low over under for this game. I get that there might be snow on the ground, but I mean, that doesn't really matter. Like, I feel like one of these teams could hit that. Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. I mean, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. All right, so uh, we got five minutes left here. Let's go on to the next one. What we got Sunday? Uh, Sunday at 3.05, it is Cleveland versus Kansas City. Woo! What's the spread here? It's nine, right? Uh, nine and a half in favor of the Chiefs over under 55. All right. I'll go uh, first on this one. Okay. First of all, I want to say good shit, Cleveland. I mean, they came out ready to play. They, I mean, the first play of the game they scored, it's, it was it, it was evident who was going to win that game on the very first play of the game. But they they kept their foot on their throats for the entire first half. They came out a little lazy in the second half. I think they were trying to avoid injury. Uh, Pittsburgh started to come back a little bit. Big Ben ended up throwing for 500 yards. All of it garbage. All of it garbage yards. Um I mean, it, the score is a lot closer than the game was. As soon as they started making it interesting, Cleveland scored again, and they were just stopping them immediately. They got another interception. I mean, it was never in doubt. It was never in doubt. Cleveland came out to play last week. Can they do it again? No, they can't. No. I mean, and no disrespect to this team. I expect them to come out and put up a good fight in the first half, but you're talking about the best offense in the NFL, one of the best offenses in the NFL history. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs here. So I'm going to take the Chiefs, but I am going to take the over because one thing that the Chiefs do not do well is play defense. Uh, this is another one, another over here that I think one team could hit. Like I really think Kansas City could probably end up scoring like 49 points. So Yeah, I'll keep it short and sweet. Uh, Kansas City in the over and uh, hey, Cleveland, it was nice. Nice try, but uh, we'll see you guys in the offseason. Yeah, no, no, no disrespect. No disrespect yeah. to Cleveland at all. Yeah, I no mean, disrespect. They definitely proved that they belonged. I don't think Miami could have done what they did last week. Right. Yeah, 100%. All right, last game. Last one. Tampa Bay at New Orleans. Oh, man. Oh, what's yeah, the, baby. Oh, yeah. What, what's uh, the spread here? Favors New Orleans, is, right? Uh, three and a half for the Saints. Over under is 50. And I'm going to tell you right now, I'll go ahead and go first. Uh, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Gronkineers will defeat the New Orleans Saints in the Superdome. And I'm taking the over as well. Uh, so we're both going the over on all four of these. I'm going to tell you right now, there's only two quarterbacks who have ever defeated Tom Brady while he's been on the road. Peyton Manning did it three times. Mark, no, not Mark Sanchez. Uh, uh, oh, was it um, Patrick Mahomes? He's only lost uh, four games in his career. Uh, um, yeah, four, four games in his career on the road. That's it. Wow. That I mean, I hate, that's it. Peyton Manning did it three times. Playoff game. You mean playoff, <laughs> playoff games, right? Yep. Yeah, okay, playoff okay. games. That's it. I was going to say, because I'm pretty sure Ryan Tannehill beat Oh, I'm beat. sorry. The other quarterback, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. Oh, boy. All right, so I'm going with the over. I'm going over 50. And, I mean, you're not going to beat a team three times in one year, man. I get that the Saints are special. They have a good defense. They have a a decent offense. Uh, Michael Thomas looked really good last week being back. Um, Kamara looked decent. Never really got going. But, man, th- this Buccaneers team just has too much, bro. They have too much. They have too many offensive weapons. They, I mean, this this. I don't know how much credit you can give Tom Brady, 
because it's like uh, Shannon Sharp said today, you can't go fishing in the big tank at Bass Pro Shops and then start bragging that you caught something. Because <laughs> he went to a team that already had two Pro Bowl wide receivers and then added somebody who, by the way, two years ago was in conversations for the best wide receiver of all time before he just started going absolutely in nuts, Antonio Brown. And then you've got one of the best tight ends of all time, Rob Gronkowski, doing his thing. Cameron Brait, who has the most touchdown catches um, over the last like three years or something like that by a tight end. Yeah. Um, I mean, a Pro Bowl running back, a guy who's been a running Pro Bowl running back, uh, Leonard Fournette back there. Ronald Jones playing the best of his career. Yep. Oh, and by the way, Pro Football Focus rated the Bucks offensive line fifth best in the league. So yeah. I mean, this is. I am. I believe their defense is ranked in the top five as well for rushing. So <laughs> good luck, Camara. Yeah, it's going to be a fun game to watch. A uh, fun weekend of football coming up. Guys, we appreciate you listening as always. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. Keep your eyes on our social media. We'll be putting out an official announcement about that. So, Marcus, it was fun as always. Absolutely, man. Hope you have a good weekend, and I'll see you next week. Yeah, we'll be back on uh, Sunday night to record uh Monday episode. All right, guys. Thank you for listening.